Today on the show, strategy plus action equals closing your prospect before they even know what you sell. Great coaches and consultants like you have the ability to change people's lives and transform entire organizations. And your impact can often go far beyond the clients you work with. One of the reasons I love working with coaches and consultants is because of that ripple effect. This show is here to highlight your expertise and empower you with resources and new ideas to grow your business. Welcome to Strategy in Action. Today we're talking about crafting this amazing statement for your business that instantly gets people closed, interested. I Hey, I want that thing before they even hear what it is, know what it is, get them bought in before one detail about the how. And Kiruka, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is this is a blast. We had the good fortune to connect on LinkedIn where I, I've met some amazing people lately, yourself included. Had the good fortune to, to hear your presentation the other day in an H7 group. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, I, I just love this idea that we're going to get into today mm-hmm. of, of really closing that potential client, that closing them before they even really know what you do, you know, and, it, and it's, it's one thing to get sort of hooked into a presentation with a nice hook like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another thing to, to then go, oh, wow, yes, you know, <laughs> when you deliver on that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so I, I want us to, to dig in to that, and maybe that's where we can start with things. Um, but I also want to dig into that full big picture of how you're helping clients and how you're helping them do this, and kind of the journey that that got you to figuring out this very smart formula or framework um, mm-hmm. that you've really been able to 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 help people with, help businesses with. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So what is that that main thing you're doing now and, and kind of what got you into that? Yeah, so I help service providers, so in, basically innovators. So anyone who has an incredible or exceptional or br- breakthrough, groundbreaking product or service. And I, I define exceptional as it's just patently superior to any other option your target client has for solving their biggest problem. Um, just just be, because it's proprietary, you've put so much into it. You did the research, you did the studying to really create something that solves the problem better than anything else. And so I help people who have products and services like this, but who have trouble explaining them because they're so complex. So typically when you have this level of innovation, this level of insight, uh, and power in something you're providing to the market, it's typically very complex. Uh, there's a lot that went into it. And so the explanation becomes the bottleneck in actually bringing those clients in. It t- either it takes too long to explain or you can explain it so that people understand it, but they don't move forward and become a client. And so that's the problem because it's a very different thing to explain something so that people understand it or rather, it's one thing to explain something so that people understand it. It's a very different thing to explain it so that they want it. Uh, yeah, to make that completely. Yeah, to, yeah, to make that connection. Yeah, and you yeah, can actually sure. explain it. Yeah, and you can actually explain something so they want it without them really having all the details of what it is or does. And so that's what we mean by close before the demo or close before they know what your what your service even does. And so that's great. that's that's what I help people. That's what I help people do. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's yeah. so intriguing. And, th- and then to have a solution, because we hear that a lot. Like, I think a lot of coaches and experts out there, you know, are, are constantly shaking people to stop getting bogged down in the details, right, of, yeah. of what they offer when they're yeah. talking to somebody. And, and we have to keep getting slapped in the face to remember that. But I think what's amazing with this is, this really gives us that framework to do it, you know, to finally yeah. rise above all of that, get out mm-hmm. of our own, you know, knowledge base of this thing that we're selling yeah. and just create this intriguing statement that 
kicks in that part of the brain where, you know, emotionally like, oh, yeah, what? Okay, tell me more about that. Like, yeah, that's what I need or whatever that may be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead of just like, you know, by paragraph four that you're explaining it to them, they're just like dozing off. and <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> exactly. Yeah. And what's interesting about the framework that I created and, you know, it took me three years to figure, not three years to figure it out, but really to figure out how to teach it to people um, is that it's not, a lot of people think that all they need is a hook. They just need to kind of pique curiosity or pique someone's interest. This is not that because you can pique someone's interest all day. That doesn't mean that they're sold on the value of what you're offering. What we want is for them to fully understand, know, and believe the value of what you offer instantly the first time you meet them. And so this idea of closing before they know what your service is means you're closing them in the very first encounter that you ever have with a prospect because you don't know if you're going to get another chance to discuss what you're doing. So you're closing them in that very first encounter and what that really means is, are they going to buy and like throw thousands of dollars at you right then and there? Uh, not necessarily, maybe, um, but not necessarily. But what it does mean is that when they do come to the demo or they do come to the conversation, they they already know that they want that they want to invest. They're already sold. They're already convinced. And so now this is just them doing due diligence, and that's a very different conversation, a very different experience from having to their interest to get them on the, the call or the sales presentation or whatever your closing mechanism is. And then once they're there to then try to convince them by showing them all the features and, you know, aspects of your service. So what we really want is to really do all of that, explain the service in such a way that they already, they're already sold because it's, it's clearly better than anything else they've ever seen. They didn't even know it was possible because that's the type of service you have, communicate that up front, and then everything else is, is, is much easier. I mean, whatever the metric is for your sales process, whether you just need more leads, and that's going to increase your sales. And some people just need a better close rate, so they need to know what to, to say to convince people. You're saying, them, you're saying that immediately, so then that helps with the sales. So it just helps with wherever that mechanical bottleneck is in your sales process. Um, and it looks different for every client in every situation, but that's kind of the overview of, of how it works. Yeah. And, and, and I love it because we all know that, that difference in energy, right? When you're chasing someone, trying to convince someone and like, no, yeah. no, 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 but you know, and you're just like, you're trying to handle every objection and all of that yeah. versus they're asking you questions, right? And you're just mm -hmm. answering questions. They're already bought in. They know they need this. Mm -hmm. They just want to know how it works maybe. And maybe a couple of things to, to ease their mind a little bit, but they're already bought in. Like you said, they're closed, you know, from, yeah. from that beginning. Um, and then it's details after that. And that's, that's so yeah. powerful. And so if you're willing to share that, that framework and we, we can kind of start there because so many little nuggets and details and questions I have around that kind of stem yeah. from that. And that would help people not, you know, that way we're not talking in, in vagueness <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what I'd love to do before, before I even jump into the framework is really to share why I do this. Uh, it's because I, I love innovation. I love services, products that are really, really exceptional and I've, I've always been fascinated by the, the challenge in communicating that. Like, why is it so hard to communicate that? Why does it take so long? And I had one of my first clients uh, was struggling with this, was struggling to build his business. And he went through my process and got some really exceptional results. And so I had asked him, you know, I remember I was sitting on a Zoom call. I just asked him if he, you know, would, would do a case study for me, a testimonial. And he said, he said a sentence to me that really captures why I do this. And so after sharing how this had exploded his sales, he simply said to me, you know, I would, I would crawl through glass to help you. And that really, I think that I don't, I think for the first time I truly understood, even though I knew that it had helped his business and we had the metrics and everything, he went from one, something like one lead per quarter, um, which is insane. Uh, to 15 leads per quarter just by using 
his clothes before the demo statement, changing nothing else. He didn't talk to any more people. He didn't do any more hustling or networking. Same volume of people, same amount of conversations. He just changed what he was saying to people. And he got that, uh, basically that quantum leap in value. Um, and that's because, you know, his, his, his product is incredible. His service is incredible. But when he told me I would crawl through glass to help you, that's when I, I saw like the real potential of this to really, of this framework, which I'm about to explain to really transform people's businesses, um, essentially overnight, because as soon as he started using his statement, that's when everything just shifted immediately. It didn't take time to ramp up because it's it's one conversation is all it takes to see the to see the difference and see the impact. So, oh, so yeah. the framework, that, yeah, that does. That, but that speaks to it's kind of back to the what we're talking about with the framework, right? It speaks to the emotional impact. Yeah, there's the numbers, yeah. cool. Your business is doing better, but the emotional impact yeah. of this solution, like, oh my gosh, this is what my business can be now. I mean, mm-hmm. as a business owner, that's, that's everything that, that, that allows you to go to sleep at night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, he almost that's gave so up on powerful. That's what he told. I didn't know that actually. And this was, he was actually my first test case that actually proved how powerful this is up until I met him. I only kind of theoretically knew it. Like I just knew it in my gut, but I needed like outside outer world proof. And so when he got that proof, uh, and went from like one lead per quarter, the way it started ramping up was he started getting one lead per week. And this is for a six figure, I I think at the time it was like five figure, five or six figure, um, service. Um, he does it asset management, works with large corporations. So go from one lead per quarter to about one lead per week. And this is the first six weeks of 2020, which is before the pandemic started. And then, um, things kind of slowed down during the pandemic, but then, you know, once the vaccines and everything came out and things started opening back up, he said it was just off from there and it hasn't let up since. And he recently told me that he grew his, his company 5X in two years. And when, from the, you know, from the time that, you know, j- just after we'd started working together is when the growth started. But he, he said he'd been, um, he'd been struggling for a number of years before we met and was considering, was wondering if this was even the right business or thing to be pursuing. And I, I didn't know that. And that really just opened, opened my eyes about like the impact, um, that this can have. And so, and he's brilliant, right? Like I I talked at the outset that this is, you know, you're so, if you're this type of consultant, you really have a, a brilliant product or service that really creates exceptional results, a quantum leap in value for your customers. They should be reacting like this. If you're not getting that flood of interest, something is wrong and I want to help you fix it. That's basically what, um, I got. And so he was also sharing that the, the confidence, cause like there's so many aspects when you're struggling to explain what you do and you know, it's amazing, but people keep kind of walking away like, Oh, that's nice. Or they're like, Oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll refer you to this person. And it's not like lighting. They're not lighting up like, Oh my goodness, tell me more. It, it kind of, rocks your confidence a little bit and you kind of start questioning. And that's what he shared with me. You start questioning, like, you know, he he would kind of go through the motions, but it was, he kind of already knew that people weren't going to have, you know, such an enthusiastic reaction. So it would kind of like wait on him. But once he found his clothes before the demo statement, he just knew because every time he told someone, they'd be like, I'm sorry, what do you do? What, how does that work? It was just a very different response. So that's, oh, that's fantastic because that is, because we, even if we know better, logically, we still have that identity tied in with our service or offering our company. And so there's an emotional component there that can be linked in to that constant rejection. But also you just, you start questioning everything. You're like, okay, I, I think on paper, this thing is great, but obviously something's wrong. And so, yeah, your brain is constantly going down that list. Well, am I talking to the wrong people? Is it my service? Am I, is it not as great as I think it is when you can solve all of that in Mm -hmm. one fell swoop, right? (laughs) You know, 
That's yeah. oh, it's so strong. Yeah, I love it. Such an awesome story, for sure. Yeah. So, so walk us through 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 this. Um, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Framework a little bit. Yeah. So the framework is close. So how to close customers before they see the product demo, and if you're a consultant, how to close clients before they know what your service is, and essentially what this means is so there are two pieces closing clients before they know what your service is. So what does it mean to close clients? Let's look at the first piece. So to close a potential client, basically they they know that they want to invest in what you're offering. I always say that there are three things that you need to prove uh, to their satisfaction within their logical framework, within the way that they think. So you can't prove it and say like, well, I've made my case. I believe it's logically cogent. It's not, it's not what you think. It has to be what they think. So we want to use their logic. So the first thing you want to prove is that your service is better than what they're doing now and better means faster or easier. Um, so the first thing you would ask yourself is, is what you're offering, does it make things faster or easier for your target client? So you got to prove to them using their logic that it's better than what they're doing now. And then number two, uh, that it's better than any other solution or alternative they know or might try for solving the same problem. And that, that might be more than just your service. You know, it could be your service. Maybe there's a product that they'll try to use, or maybe there's some other way that they could dream up to solve it. And you have to be aware of all of these different ways of potentially solving the problem. And there could be a lot of them. So so that's why this, you know, it can be a little tricky to figure out um, what to focus on. So better than what they're doing now. But yeah, expanding beyond, you know, other people doing what you think is the same as you or similar to. Yeah, it could be, it could be you know, a completely, it could be a physical product that they're, <laughs> they're exactly. looking to use exactly. instead of your service. You know, it could be exactly. as wild as that. Yeah, exactly. And that's a really great point because if we're thinking from within your customer's logical frame, they're not thinking, I, they're not necessarily thinking I need service that does X, Y, Z to solve this problem. They're thinking I need solution to this problem. What does that look like? Could be anything. It might be as narrow as, yes, I always need a, a certain type of service or there may be other things that they are thinking about as a solution. So that's why we need to account for that. Because when your solution pops up on their radar, they're going to be comparing it not just to everything that's similar to you, but similar to, not, not even similar, but they're going to be comparing it to everything they have available at their disposal to solve it. Okay, so those are the two hurdles, the first two hurdles. Better, better than what they're doing now. Number two, better than anything else they know or might try. And number three, that it's, you have to prove that it's worth the investment, that it's worth the, um, the, it's worth what they will pay to have your solution. So all, and so what that means is that the way it's a combination of communicating so much value in one and two, that whatever you're charging, uh, as long as it's not like, you know, astronomical, like, you know, a trillion dollars or something like that, but it's, it's, it it has an ROI built in. So typically I like to see five X to 20 X ROI. So if it helps them make money, then, you know, maybe you're off the top of my head, you're charging five K for something that helps them make a hundred K in six months. And it's, and it's provable and measurable and all of that. Um, but it's obvious to them in the moment when you, when you say what you do, right? So these are the things that we want to prove better than what they're doing now, better than anything else they know or might try. And it's worth the investment. And so that's what it takes to, to close someone. Um, just roughly speaking, you got to prove those three things. So that's where they're looking like, oh, I don't know. Do I, do I need to stop what I'm doing to use your solution? Okay. Do I need, if I stop what I'm doing, do I need your solution or could I just use something else that's similar but cheaper or similar but faster, right? So we want to kind of handle, all, we're going to handle all those objections immediately. And that's how we, we that's the first piece is, is the close. And then what we do is we do the close in the very first encounter. So that's what closing before the demo or before they know what your service is, 
that's what that means is that we do that really at the, the first moment, the first time we meet them or that they meet us. Yeah. Are you, are you at this stage, are you also accounting for the investment of time at this stage? Are you, are you trying to uh, both in terms of, you know, the, cause everyone's also always comparing, okay, if I do nothing compared to doing this, you know, is, is part of that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's a dollar amount ROI, but there's also inherently in whatever we do, often a just time component, a eff- mm-hmm. an effort or perceived effort. Are we tackling any of that in this first section as well? We are. So the trick, and I'll, I'll explain, I'll actually explain how to prove those three things in the first encounter. But the trick is that if you do one and two in a specific way, three is kind of automatically handled. Uh, it almost becomes uh, like a moot point or like not not something you have to worry about. It, just assuming that you've uh, properly priced your service and that it doesn't take an unreasonable amount of time for them to get the result, right? If we're assuming that, because that's what makes it exceptional, right? Is that it works fast uh, and uh, or it, or it's easy. And the, the, the speed and the ease is such a contrast to their status quo that it's worth their investment of time and money to have it. So I'll give an example of this. So my client, the client that I mentioned, he works in IT asset management. IT, if you do your IT asset management right, you can save a lot of money off of your IT budget. That's what he would tell people. You can save up to 30% off, the IT, off your IT budget. Um, for your for your company, so he would, his target customer is CIOs of large companies. The problem is CIOs don't think lot. They don't think in terms of IT asset management because that's not a high priority problem for them. So I forgot to mention this. You you want to make sure that your the problem you're targeting is a high priority problem for your target customer. They already consider it a priority and are already eager and actively trying to solve it or actively wanting to solve it. So for, so for this target customer, CIOs, their issue is you know, out of control IT budgets. It's, it's just well known in the industry, like you know, saving, being more efficient in how you're spending um, for IT departments of large corporations, large, large companies. So he, my client uh, makes that proof better than doing what they're doing now, better than anything else they might try and it's worth the investment. His close before the demo statement. So this is what he started saying to CIOs when he would do networking events. And all he did was say this thing and he shot, shot up from one lead per quarter to 15 per quarter, purely on the basis of this idea. He would explain his service as, I help you cut your software spending without buying less software. And when people hear that, they're like, how can I, but how, how can I spend less on software without buying less of it? And that was, that was the magic, right? Because if they are trying to cut their software spend, right, that's the high priority problem. It meets, it, uh, it does proof number one, which is it's better than what they're doing now. Now, if they're trying to spend less on software, whatever they're doing now, they're probably thinking that they have to buy less of the software, just cut back on purchasing, cut back on usage, cut back, right? That's how they're thinking of it. So they're not doing that. And we knew that beforehand, right? We baked this in because we know how the customer looks at solving the problem. Number two, it's better than anything else they know or might try because again, any other solution that they can think of or that they might know of to cut spending would require um, buying less software as well. And the reason both one and two both have that quality is because logically to spend less or cut spending on X, you would think you would need to buy less of it. That, that's the core logic of that. What my client's service actually does is it actually violates that logic. That's the magic. It violates that basic logic that to cut spending on something, you need to buy less of it. He's like, no, you can buy the same amount and we're going to cut the spending. Same amount, same quality. We're not using like discount coupons here. Same amount, same quality of software. And I'm going to cut your spend by millions of dollars, right? That's, That's the incredible thing that he does for his 
customers. Now, that, and he's priced it reasonably, right? So people hear that and it's automatically worth whatever he's probably charging, right? So he's, he's charging, at the time he was charging like six figures or about five figures, I mean, six figures now um, for an engagement. But for a large company, right, that's generating millions, tens of millions, however much revenue the entire company generates, the ability to save money in this way, spend less on software without buying less software, that's magic. It's, it's like he's making money out of thin, out of thin air. And so what that, what that created, that differential where people can figure out how are you doing that? And that's when he got to tell them, um, you know, he would then be able to explain how his, his methodology for IT asset management works. But now they want it. They don't want it because it's IT asset management, which is what he does. They want it because he's a magician who helps them cut their software spend without buying less software. And so I, I kind of touched on it before, but it's the core of the framework is a logical contradiction. So it's how are you delivering the high priority problem in a way that logically contradicts the way a reasonable person would assume the problem is solved. So this is not about pain points. This is not about reducing stress or hassle or anything like that. This is, this is much deeper. This is about the logic of it, the, sometimes the physics of it. There are different archetypes for, for these contradictions, which maybe we'll get into a little bit later. But um, it has to feel and sound and literally be a contradiction when people hear it. And that's what snags them and makes them realize that they've never heard of anything like this before, because they haven't. Your service is exceptional. It, no, nothing else does what it does. And so they should have the reaction that they've never heard of it before. And the reason the framework is even possible is because every innovation, and this is kind of my working hypothesis that continues to be proven out with the clients I work with, every innovation has at its core a contradiction that precisely captures how it's able to deliver that quantum leap in value. And if you speak, if you communicate that contradiction in a way that's, that's sort of correctly worded and um, stated for your target customer, then you will get that immediately, that immediately, that immediate increase in, in, in leads, sales, revenue, et cetera, whatever your growth metrics are. Um, and the, there's some quirks and nuances which are, even saying like the wrong word or like not using the right term can, can kind of throw things off. So this is super precise. That's why it's really important um, for the, the people that I work with, my clients, for them to really know their target customer really well. And of course they do because they, they're the ones who created this, this thing that gets them incredible results. But to really understand how they, how they look at the problem, how they evaluate the range of solutions that are available, and then what words to use when we go in and break the logic that they are basically unconsciously thinking with. We're all using logic, basic logic. So then we go in and we try, try to understand how, how the, this solution, this service is breaking logic. And then we, that's how we build, we construct the contradiction. Yeah, that's powerful. That's, that's really strong. And yeah, I, I imagine it's such a, it is such a subtle difference at times, right? Depending mm -hmm. on who you're talking to and finding those things. Again, it goes beyond, you know, industry terminology. Like, yeah, sure, you should know that stuff. But this is, these are digging into assumptions in an industry, right? That mm -hmm. someone outside of that industry may not even have, right? Like, I wouldn't think in those terms with software necessarily at all. Um, people in it every day this is their lead this is this is their you know natural oh if you do this it has to be this and then mm -hmm. being able to to make that contradiction mm -hmm. and work and i love that i love that essentially definition or that hypothesis you talk about of mm -hmm. innovation of what innovation actually is mm -hmm. and when you can you know sometimes that innovation we look back on it as innovation because this product came out, it got adopted by 
a certain segment by everyone, whatever that mm-hmm. may be. And almost the the users, the people who bought it, whatever that was, almost defined it or defined what that innovation was along the way. And the idea for this is really understanding, oh, I, I've got something innovative here. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure that I'm going to tell you <laughs> why it's innovative yeah. in the beginning and putting that in front and and almost shortcut the need for this slow adoption. And I sure hope people finally get it and they start yeah. using it and then they talk about it. Instead, here's how you talk about it. Here's why it's innovative. Here's mm-hmm. why you want it. You know, mm-hmm. when you can do the work for them, mm-hmm. then it just, yeah. I imagine that skyrockets things. Yeah. Um, Steve Jobs was actually a master at this. I don't know that he, I mean, I, I don't know his thought process in creating some of his products messaging, but the, this framework, I, I, w- I created it from reverse engineering, uh, his statement, uh, 1000 songs in your pocket, which is what he used when he launched the first iPod in 2001. And that statement is not phenomenal because it's short and it's not phenomenal because it's catchy. It's actually phenomenal because it's a contradiction. And that's what it took me a while to really figure out. Because there are plenty of like really crisp, clear, understandable, articulate statements, uh, you know, that communicate what a product does, but but they do not have the power to close someone uh, in the first conversation or in that first encounter to close before the demo. They pique interest, they create curiosity, but if we're trying to close, actually close before they even know any details about what our product or service is, it has to be a contradiction. So if you look at that statement, a thousand songs in your pocket, the contradiction is that it's delivering a huge, an astronomical for 2001, an astronomical amount of music in an insanely small space. And I'll use my phone as an example. So Steve Jobs holds up his, his, the iPod and says, this puts a thousand songs in your pocket. That was a contradiction. And if we're able to kind of suspend disbelief and and kind of set aside, you know, Apple's brilliant marketing machine and look purely at what this is saying, um, this is a turning point because now for most people, a thousand songs had to be carried on a hard drive or lots and lots of CDs and CD cases and cassette tapes. So the, the concept of now that's available in my pocket uh, that was that was really that was the innovation breakthrough. Here's the other thing. So I've heard rumors that maybe the iPod wasn't the first MP3 player to be invented at that time. wasn't the only one on the market. Maybe there were others that also held a thousand songs or a comparable amount of music. The difference is that Steve Jobs is the only one to come out with the contradiction and say a thousand songs in your pocket. What did the other ones say? Did they talk about technical specifications? Did they talk about ease and portability, right? So there's a a piece of this framework, which is um, that we don't use adjectives or any subjective language at all. We use a pure contradiction that uh, has a binary true or false value. So a thousand songs in your pocket Steve Jobs stands up there, says this holds a thousand songs in your pocket. Immediately you hear it and you know that statement is either true or false. Either it holds a thousand songs or it doesn't. Either it fits in my pocket or it doesn't. And when you hear it, you know both of those things, one and two are easy or hypothetically would be easy and immediate to prove right now. All you have to do is go grab an iPod and see if it really does it. Now, in the moment, you don't actually have to go grab the iPod to see if it really does it. Just knowing that you could, right, in that moment, knowing that you could verify it lets you know that you can, it's it's sort of uh, a nuance, but it immediately, the statement sounds true because you know that you could verify it. And you know that Steve Jobs knows that you could verify it. Therefore, he wouldn't stand on stage making this crazy contradiction claim that tells you how to prove it false unless it were actually true. And that's what makes the contradiction um, not just a communicator of the quantum leap in value, but now um, it's communicating something that sounds impossible 
but you also immediately believe it because it it actually tells you how to fact check it in the moment. So that's yeah, another nuance it, to the framework as well. I like that, and it and it instantly expands what's possible in that listener's mind, in that audience's mind. The fact that that's even possible now exists mm-hmm. with that yeah, one exactly. statement, <laughs> yes. right? And it didn't a second before. Like it right, wasn't even exactly. on my radar. I didn't even exactly. think that way. And, and, and that's powerful. That's why and, it blows people's minds when they hear it, right? So yeah. we're not trying to pique their interest. We're blowing their mind, <laughs> right? And that's why my client's sales pipeline blew up, right? He's working not, not in the most exciting space, IT, asset management. I didn't know what that was. I knew what IT was, kind of, but it's not super sexy, right? And then... Man, that's what all the kids are, just want to be when, they're, when you ask the little ones, uh, what do you want to be? IT asset management. Exactly. Like they're dressing up for that as Halloween. The amount of <laughs> IT asset management costumes I saw last night. Oh man, <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> exactly. But and and so it's an obscure piece of the industry. And it's not cheap, right? It, it was he was charging 75k. It's now 130k um his engagements. But it it blew up why? Because that he had this magical contradiction that also had built in uh, credibility, trustworthiness, because it has an obvious binary, true or false value. And people know in the moment that they can, they can verify it. Does it help me spend less on software? Does it help me do that without buying less software? And of course he has, you know, I, I teach, you know, I, the other piece of the framework is to have an immediate answer that answers both of those questions. Because the response people will have, and this is how you know you've done it correctly, when you take your, what you think is your close before the demo statement or your contradiction statement, um, I should say, um, just for ease of use, I call this a viral product pitch. That's the actual name, is a viral product pitch. Uh, when you have your viral product pitch or your viral service pitch, and you are, or what you think that your, your pitch is, and you use it with a potential customer, the response should be how. It shouldn't really be like, oh, that's nice or that's interesting. It should just immediately be how, meaning how the hell do you do that? <laughs> so some version of how and like an amazed yeah. how. And then you have your answer to to the two questions raised by by the statement. Yeah, because I would imagine that's like, like there's no other response. If this is working, there's there's no other response that should come next no. besides how do you do that? Exactly. Or I don't believe you. How do you do that? You know, whatever that, but it's that version of yeah. it, right? It wouldn't be I don't believe you. It would just be how, because to your point with the I don't True. believe you. So they're, they're I was thinking the, the mind-blowing yeah. aspect, I guess, yeah. but yeah. Because the statement sounds both impossible, because it's a, contra- a logical contradiction, but it also sounds true. Um, it has something that, that I call obvious believability, which is what I explained about. Like When people hear it, they know exactly how to fact check it, because it tells them how to fact check it. And mm. they know in the moment they can, they can do it very quickly. So that's why they believe it, even without actually fact checking it. Uh, and that's why all, there's nothing left for them to say except how, because now they're taking the steps to verify it, but also they're just curious and they, they, they need to know. Um, so it's kind of a mind blown effect. Yeah. So, uh, so let's, let's address the, there, there's a couple of, of aspects sure. I want to go through with this is addressing, you know, the folks who are, who are listening, watching in their body and like, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great for Apple. That's great for this IT guy. My product, I just, I just don't have that. It, that differentiator, that crazy. Oh my gosh, this is so different. And I know you have an answer for those, and that's exactly why you, <laughs> you talked about that. Um, and, and we have a nice harsh answer uh, for that. But let's let's dive into that a little bit because really. Um, that's what's great about this framework too, is if you don't have it or you just don't think you do, that's problem number one with your business, right? Mm. It's not necessarily a problem. So um, this framework is for people who have 
breakthrough products and services, groundbreaking, exceptional, and they know it uh, because these people have what I call the explanation problem. So there's a specific kind of pain that comes from knowing you have an amazing, amazing product or service and you can't, you can't explain it to people. You, you explain it and they don't get it. That, that's a very specific kind of pain. Um, and so, and almost every client, well, every client that I, that I work with has this pain. They have this problem, the explanation problem. If only I could explain this the right way for people to get it, I would have all the sales that, that I should be getting. That's what this framework is for. So you have a breakthrough solution, but the bottleneck in your sales process is that nobody gets it. They don't see the value or they think they get it, but they're not buying, which means they actually don't get it. Cause if they did, they would be buying no question. Cause it's just so much better than any other option they have. Right. One, two, and three, what we talked about before. So it's not really for solutions that are kind of on par with everything else, just a little bit better than whatever else is out there. It really has to be like a quantum leap in value, head and shoulders above everything else for this yeah. too. And the reason for that is to find the contradiction, it's easiest, and I'm not gonna say you can't find a contradiction for a service that's only marginally better than everything else, but a, a truly deep innovation has a really big contradiction at the center of it. And it's just easier and faster to find if it's that level of innovation. And there's typically gonna be a huge leap in value that I'm able to create for my client uh, because now they're gonna, with, with just one turn of phrase, Im immediately fill their sales pipeline. Um, I had a, and it works, again, I said it, it depends on the metrics that matter to you, but I had another client who was an early stage startup pre-revenue, hadn't even built their technology we found their viral product pitch, their close before the demo statement, and they got a 60% 60 con uh, 60 conversion rate just using that statement with their target customers. People were like, how does this work? This is, a, this is incredible. That's exactly what I want. Like, you know, and they hadn't built, their, hadn't built the technology yet. It was still in development. But um, that was great because there had actually been a, another big player that had entered the space with a huge Series A round. It's a very crowded space. So they're in the health tech um, Field. So they have like a nutrition platform that helps people with managing nutrition and that sort of thing. And there's, that's a huge space. The health and nutrition space is huge, but their product is very powerful, very innovative, hasn't been done before. And so we were able to find that, that contradiction. And that's really, that's really kind of the requirement is that there has to be something proprietary, some secret sauce, something that nothing else has that you have, your solution has, it enables it to just, um, to kind of break through the status quo of the industry and create solutions and, and value and, and outcomes that haven't been seen before. So. And, and that's fair. Certainly in, in terms of, I understand what you're saying too. Like you don't necessarily to be successful in business or anything like that. You have to have that crazy breakthrough. I guess where I'm coming from with it is, in my opinion, you should be striving. You should be heading that direction. It should be concerning yeah. to you if this doesn't fit for your business because you don't mm. have that thing that's separating you. Because mm. if you don't, why is anybody buying from you? If you don't have that thing, if you don't have that answer to the question, mm. well, why you instead of them? Well, that's a long, painful road that, that yeah. you're going down. And that's right. probably what, yeah, that's why a lot of sales is very challenging. But yeah, you can actually, if this is something that resonates, this idea of like the breakthrough innovation and the contradiction and sort of closing clients before they even know what your service is, then consider building, baking it in as you develop your solution, building in a contradiction. What is that high priority problem you solve? It has to be a high priority. So the problem you solve cannot be something that you have to educate your customer about because that creates a sales process. It can't be something they don't know about because that elongates a sales process because now you're walking up the hill trying to convince people that they need something they don't know about, wasn't on their radar, 
and then to convince them that you're the best solution, um, which is again, hitting number two, and then to convince them why they should pay for it. And they weren't, it wasn't even on their radar. So you can see why there's a lot of calories burned in doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's the (laughs) widest funnel possible, right? You're trying to, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's and that's what my client was struggling with. He was trying to educate people about IT asset management, the opportunities it created for them, and then try to get them to work with him. But when yeah. we, but he he also has an exceptional service. And so when we identified what that contradiction is, he doesn't have to walk up any hills. Like people come rolling down the hill to him. Like he just <laughs> says, "Yeah, I do this. I help you spend less on software without buying less software." And then immediately, you know. But yeah, yeah to. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, in that criticism, I, I'll call it criticism because I'm doing it. So, you know, of <laughs> I, I'm all, I, I'm turning that on myself because I look at this and and I'm struggling. I'm in love with it. I love the framework, right? And I I want that thing, right? So I'm looking at it for myself of like, okay, so so how do I reverse engineer and use this framework as a figuring out to maybe, you know, just a better single main offer of mine, right? And part of that comes through client research, right? What is that giant pain point? Answering those first couple of things that they know they need help with. We can actually do this without client research. So let's jump into it. So first ingredient is a high priority problem, a problem they're already hot to solve. You don't need to educate them about it. You just say it and they're like, oh my goodness, I need a solution to that, right? High priority problem. Now, a contradiction is basically how are you delivering a solution to that problem in a way that um, contradicts logic and it goes against basic logic. So it's not about pain points or anything like that. What you need to do is identify the high priority problem that your target client already considers a priority. Once you have that problem, we're going to construct the contradiction based on that. So, um, look, just because I want to make sure I, I grab it too. So, is it is it always a problem that you're solving, or is it a desired result that we know they want? Really good question. It's actually the desired result. So, but that comes from the hot, the the problem. So, with with my client, so the problem was our budget is out of control, right? The desired result was to spend less on software. So that's actually a really great point. And that's a nuance. You want to, from the problem, you want to identify the desired result that they want. And that's what you build the the contradiction around. Um, So in that case, spend less on software. Well, what does that mean? Well, means you have to buy less software. You have to cut back on your usage. You got to do this, this, and this. All the things that logically means. And then you identify the one that is a clear contradiction that would sound like weird or magical if you could do that and then figure out a way to do that. So in that case, it's spend less without buying less. Yeah, because I struggle. So, uh, yeah, what I came up with, even when I saw your presentation the other day, was like not a good one. But like I was heading down that road. But yeah. And that's why like I'm turning it on myself in terms of like okay, if you don't have a good one, I think you need to dig, right? So like a desired result would be experience, you know, for experienced coaches and consultants, right? That I, mm-hmm. I I work with is more clients coming to them, right? Okay. Um, so what would you say the, pri- the high priority problem is? Is just like struggle to get sales or leads? Yeah, or- constantly chasing unqualified prospects. Ah, uh, Okay. So it can, yeah, so that, that desired result is something I call a basic result. Um, so that's what we, we build the contradiction around. So it sounds like, and it's going to be hard to do on the fly because I, I, there's usually a ton of questions I ask people, but let's play with it for, for a tiny bit. So it may, might be something like get clients or get leads. And then you would look at what does that logically mean? So one way... And, and that particular industry might be tricky, but one, one thing off the top of my head might be get clients without talking to, to any, talking to anyone or, you know, what's involved in getting clients. You got to talk to people, prospect, get leads, you know, all of that. And then find the one that would be the biggest contradiction 
for your target customer, which is also what I I would want to dig into, like, who is your exact target customer? Is it a certain type of um, client or, or consultant or, or coach? So for me, it's people with breakthrough products and services. So it's not just anyone. It's that particular because that's who my framework works best for. It's very difficult for me personally to do the framework if it's not a breakthrough service. But if it is or could be, if it even could be, if you have a feeling it might be, I think I have something like that. And I would like to find a contradiction. Then um, then that that's typically um, a good indicator that you, you that you might. But if you're like, nah, I don't think I do, then probably not. But that's my that's my target. So but for you, um, we'd need to hone in on on that. Cause then we could look at how would they what logic would seem most basic to them about how to get this result so yeah yeah because that's what i i had listed out in the past just when creating the whole offer right is not having to chase unqualified folks not have you know their experienced coaches consultants they've got an established practice and they know that mm -hmm. if they just had more conversations mm -hmm. with people who <laughs> you know if they could just put what they do in front of more people um, interesting okay okay so one interesting quirk of a breakthrough service is that the thing that makes it difficult to explain is often the thing that's the key to explain explaining it in the right way so that you get more sales so is there any part of your service that's sort of hard for you to communicate to your target customer like where they're it takes more sort of time and effort to really communicate that this is what um, your service is. A, a little bit. The lengthy part, like they get the need for, you know, a video podcast like this in general, mm -hmm. right? But the very specific aspect of either a completely done for you version of it or that the, the way we structure it and focus it so that it's you're talking to your ideal clients on mm -hmm. this show, not just creating content to float out there so mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. the explaining part of like putting into their head that this is about this interaction right here one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one. everything else is icing you could go throw this in the trash if you mm -hmm. wanted to and it would still be valuable because you had that conversation with the guest so you're saying right. just the fact that they, they're having a conversation with that guest exactly because it's either their ideal client, or it's a strategic partner who has an audience of their ideal client. It's that relationship that gets built. The The show is a tool, a mechanism to this system and process of getting clients coming to them. Or, and would you say that, what, that this tool is faster or easier than any other option that they have for getting oh, the same yeah. result? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's instant, right? Like it's, you, you get the call, you get the meeting faster than anything else because, hey, I'd like to have you on my show. Awesome. Yes, I'm there. Mm. Right. Rather than I'd like to talk to you for half an hour about a thing I have for you. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like a stealth sales call, but it it, it, mm -hmm. it is a podcast, but it's also a stealth sales call with an actual ideal client and, yeah. and build the relationship. Yeah. And especially when it's done with like you're and you're giving value right away right mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. for that guest it's something they can take and go use exactly. yeah it puts it validates them it you know yeah that yeah that definitely and most of your clients aren't familiar with this they haven't thought of podcasts in this way uh, most not most it's you know it's an easy understanding because oh yeah sure show sure, i get it but it's not like okay but <laughs> It's not how we're, you know, we're using it to do this, this thing. And I've gone back and forth to, from leading with like, hey, we've got this solution to get more clients that happens to be a show to, hey, we've got the show. Here's what we do with it. We use it to get more clients. Yeah. You know? So if I were, if I were looking at this and, and, and you know, I'd want, I'd, there's like a lot more information I want to know, but it, it feels oh, yeah. like it's almost like. Not even, it's not about the podcast. Cause like, remember my, my client, it wasn't about the IT asset management. It was about the basic results. So book a sales call without having to pitch it or book a sales call with any 
with any client you want. It's almost like that's the contradiction. Like, mm. you know, yeah, it's like sales, sales call when they don't that they want to do. And then it's like, well, how do you do that? Well, actually your sales call is a podcast. You start a podcast and, and then you have conversations with them. And that conversation really is a sales call because you're communicating value to them, but you're also giving value to them because they can use the conversation. They can use the sales call for their target audience. So you talk, you see how you shift the frame so you're not talking yeah. about a podcast. Podcast is mechanism. That's technically what it is. But what they care about, their logical frame of reference is I need sales calls. I need leads. I need revenue. So you got to speak in that language. Uh, that's, again, that's off the top of yeah. my head. So that's a super rough sketch. But, does no, that but that's of, the right yeah, yeah. direction for sure. Because then they get to demonstrate their value to that guest too, right? There's an audience and that guest audience and stuff. And that's sort of, again, icing. But they get to not just even just a sales call, but it's almost a, I mean, depending on what they do in, mm -hmm. in their, their line of work, they can, they can take that guest through part of that process, right? And then, <laughs> you know, yeah. demonstrate that. And so I think that goes right along with what you're saying too. I like that a lot of just, that's the thing to focus on. It's, I know other people have, talked about the invisible sales funnel, right? That idea of mm -hmm. they're in this sales funnel, they don't even know it, right? So mm, yeah. I think there's something laying in there that you're that where you're where you're going with that for sure. Yeah, I think if you yeah frame it that way and find find the contradiction around sales calls or whatever is most valuable to your customer. So if sales calls isn't the most valuable thing, what is that most valuable thing? And then how was your podcast the background mechanism to bring them more of that thing, right? And that's where you start yeah. looking at it. It can be kind of trippy, right? Because people are like, but I, I do podcasts. It's like, no, you don't. What your customer cares about is this. So you do that. And podcast is just how you do it. Find the contradiction, right? So yeah, yeah that's, and that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the work, putting the work on me, I think is there too to, that's where the I think the client research does come into play a, a, a little bit in terms of what is that most important? Which one is more important? Is it building this brand so that mm -hmm. clients come to them, or is it I just need more calls? I just need more sales calls. I just need to be on the phone with more people. You know, it's sort of, and, and that's on you know me as yeah, a business owner, kind of figuring that yeah. out. Yeah, and, and those might actually just be two different client target clients, and then it's a matter of choosing well which sure. one am I more excited about. Do I want to do this right. one or this one? So that's also, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty but cool. I, I like those those things. That, that helps, you know, because I think going along with this, I get, you know, the core concept. But again, I, I love the idea of using this framework to create that category of one that nobody else is doing, you know? And, and what's and, crazy is even if you're not the only one using podcasts in this way or with this service, if you're, if you come to a prospect with that, the contradiction, and it's something that you know that your target audience has never heard before, your target customer hasn't heard before, you will get the same quantum leap in, 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 in interest in, you know, your, your leads, sales, revenue, et cetera, because yeah. they haven't heard it before. There could be literally your next door neighbor could be doing the same thing, but talking about it as podcasts, but you're not talking about it as podcast. You're talking about it as this, as a contradiction. You'll do better, faster. Um, yeah. Because that's of that. a great point. Yeah. Because yeah, they're tuning out the podcast because they've got that in a box. They've got it in a category. Like, of that's yeah, what I don't that need thing that. Is. I'll do that later. It's not urgent, right? That's why we want to make sure it's the urgent problem they care about, the urgent result that they want to get, and everything is reframed as a delivery, as a way to deliver that. And the, and the yeah. contribution communicates that. And then, of course, yeah. the, the value, the ROI is built in because you help me do what <laughs> without, and I, like, I, I just get this. It's basically something for nothing, um, which I didn't mention. Sorry about that. So every contradiction to your target customer should feel like something for nothing. It, that's, that's why it feels like magic. So um, another example um, for another product example is the ring video doorbell. So at the core of that innovation 
is answer the door without being home. At the time, that felt like something for nothing. So I, I can answer my front door, but I'm not physically at home. Something for nothing. How am I doing that? Right. Then, you know, then you get to say, well, it's it's, you know, why, you know, Wi-Fi enabled, you know, phone monitoring system and you can do it all from your phone. You can get video, all, all of that. But none of that matters until you've told them the something for nothing, something for nothing captures that something for nothing contradiction captures what the innovation really is. Then they will sit and listen and hang on your every word as you explain exactly how it works. And that's the magic because that's what started happening for for my clients. I just love it. And that's why I just, I'm a big believer in like, if you're, if you're not striving to find that thing, I don't know what you're doing. You know, I mean, that it's just, yeah, chasing crumbs, I guess, you know, like, and, and there's, it's a big world. There's plenty of you know yeah. things that you can do. And there's plenty of examples of, you know, somebody making a widget that just does this a little bit cheaper and it, for, that's fine. I think yeah. in this, in this world, like who you're certainly who you're targeting, but I think, I think more people than give themselves credit for could take this and, and, and use it to dig into, you know, work with you, dig into the fact that there's something here, you know, because they are struggling to explain it or just explain it differently. Uh, you know, what I'm doing potentially, I mean, I can explain it all day long. They get it. I'm video the video podcast, I do it for you. Okay, cool. I'll see you later. You know, I mean, like, you know, that's, that's yeah. not hard to explain. But as we dug in, as we showed people like there's, there's a way to approach this. And maybe it's maybe, you know, I add something to the service or something, you know, somebody listening to this goes, Oh, that's easy for me. I never thought about doing that. Mm -hmm. If I just do this along with my main thing, there's my contradiction statement. There's my this. There's the mind mm -hmm. blow, you know, and so I just encourage people to to sort of open up to that rather than going, oh well, I don't really have this thing that's necessarily hard to explain or that different, so I'm not gonna go and have a conversation, you know. Instead, yeah. I think you know jumping in with somebody like you who can, and and I don't want to, you know, I'm not sending people unqualified people to you either you know what i mean because you've no, got your I, I love talking to, to people and helping how yeah how but can, but yeah but i know you've you've yeah. got that and i just think i just encourage people to 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 have that mind shift hopefully just hearing that framework they have that same reaction that, that i did of like oh that's yeah. that's the stuff you know <laughs> and yeah and i want to jump know. in and just and make one note so what you do is straightforward but the What's interesting about this, what's powerful about this is that you don't just do a podcast show, we do it for you, right? Like it's not really what you do. That's the mechanism. And if, if you have a contradiction and you lead with that, you, you say that to your target client and they hear it, then when you reveal how you do that, it will still sound amazing because it's going to hook into this frame of reference you've already led with this contradictory something for nothing frame of reference and they're going to hear it but they're not going to hear it the way they would have heard it if you just led with yeah i have a video podcast i do it for you right but now the mechanism being video podcast and that's how they get this something for nothing is like whoa i didn't huh, i never thought of that that way wow and so i can just get all of this through that, and you're like, yeah, and you're like, oh, by the way, I do it for you, right? It just gets better and better, and that's why it contextualizes things in a very powerful way, and it's not superficial. It really isn't. Like what you're doing, if it if it's better than anything else, it really is phenomenal. And just you know, I, I want to say that to you and everyone on this, don't downplay it, right? Yeah. In the right context, you will blow people's minds. You do it all day, every day. I get it. But in the right context, you will blow people's minds. You will have impact. You will have people saying, I would crawl through glass to help you because your, your, your product or service really is transformational. And so you kind of owe it to your, your target customers to communicate that to them so that they get it and they, and they want it. And they're like, let's go, you know? And of course, that's great yeah. for you, you know? 
And so certainly, but it, but I do love that distinction because we do that all the time, right? Yeah. It's something that that comes easy to us. It's not that big a deal. We've done it for thirty years, whatever, right? And yeah. and that really is a great distinction. Plus the one you know you made at the very beginning. This is not this is not uh, a fancy headline. This isn't a hook. This isn't clickbait. You know, the the thumbnail that you're putting together. <laughs> this is a true substantial statement that really does it you your product or service delivers on that, you know, that you're grabbing people with. Um and it is, it's something that is that powerful that it, it's worth the time to dig in. It's worth the time yeah. to, to devote to mm -hmm. figuring this thing out, having yeah. a conversation with you, hiring you, you know, jumping in and yeah. going like getting into the, cause it really does. Even this conversation has helped me go from hearing your presentation and going like, oh, that's a really cool framework. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go, you know, put some thought to this a little bit yeah. and then really digging into it going like oh yeah okay i understand this now and i oh there's a subtlety here okay yeah. that, that distinction yeah. that's that's really strong so i yeah. love what you're doing thank you yeah <laughs> how can how can too. people reach out i think you've you've very well defined who should reach out and and i've yeah. shaken a few people that they yeah. better uh what's the best way to to reach out to you uh, people can find me on LinkedIn. You can send me a direct message and I should have some, you know, my about section. There should be some contact info there as well. Uh, and so that's probably the easiest way. Perfect. Yeah. Everybody, you know, listening, watching, check out the show notes at strategyactionshow.com. You'll yeah. find her episode, all her details right there. Thank you so much for yeah, being thank on. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. This has been, yeah, been fantastic. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of this show. If you want help creating authority building video content or even a client generating show of your own, go to medialeadsco.com and let's connect. I'll talk to you soon on the next Strategy and Action.